0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
1: It's the art and science of money.
0: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
1: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
2: Well, I hope you survived a little wet Halloween. Uh, it wasn't that scary. Uh, tell you, certainly the month of October was not a scary month uh, for markets. As a whole, uh, and now basically we hopefully have a uh, sweet six-month uh, setup. Uh, Bank of Canada um, looking to hold rates steady following the uh, U.S. Central Bank lowering rates and the Bank of Canada, basically saying, look, we're not an island, uh, not immune to global forces, and global forces are really speaking to uh, lower interest rates and lower for longer. And this is very, very important. Uh, and Jack, you may want to uh, speak to this uh, just as we're about to introduce our uh, favorite guest, uh, Mr. Brad Lamb, because uh, interest rates and real estate are so connected at the hip. Um, but, Jack, let's go to the Fed first in terms of interest rate policy, because you you, you you, wrote to me last night, just was about to do my radio hit, uh, a bullet point um, with respect to uh, not fighting the Fed.
3: Right. When Powell came out yesterday and had his commentary, he basically signaled to the market uh, in question and answer. He said, uh, we're not expected or don't expect us to raise rates unless we see meaningful inflation. And right now there's really no inflation out there. So the Fed's either on hold for what we see or potentially cutting rates again, depending on what happens with trade and the economy.
2: Right. And so Canada at some point will just have to follow suit.
3: Canada Uh, was talking about a preemptive cut, maybe. So they signaled they're not doing anything yesterday, but remains on the table that they may cut as well, which, like you said, is good for real estate, it's good for risk assets.
2: Well, look, I start to look at some of the stats for real estate, and of course, we bring the expert uh, Brad Lamb in to the show to talk about uh, this and everything uh, real estate. I do want to thank you very much, Brad, for joining us today, as always, my friend. You're welcome. Um, uh, Sellers uh, apparently are still in the driver's seat. Toronto, Vancouver, market seems to be firming up, according to one of the bank reports I have here. Uh, The National Home Price Index uh, picking up, rising about 1.3%. From a year ago, so one percent is not bad. Beats uh, the well, other direction. Well, there are a lot
4: of markets where real estate's not moving. Right there, there's a lot of markets where where populations are are going down, and there's no reason for real estate prices to go up. But in the in the markets of Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, uh, prices are, and, and Hamilton, London, Kitchener, Waterloo, anything in the east is is booming.
2: Well, again, you look you, you look at the price. And you're, you're you're a condominium expert. In fact, you're a condo expert. Uh, in the southern hemisphere, i.e. south of Bloor. Um, <laughs> is, this, is this data correct? The average price in September, about $700,000 uh, for, for condominium? For condominium?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, that <clears> number <throat> isn't that important, really, because it really depends on the price per square foot. It really depends on what you're buying. But the price per square foot now uh, for a new condominium downtown is 1300 a foot to 2000 a foot. Depending on on whether it's considered luxury or or in you know Yorkville and Young and Saint Clair, those areas get big numbers, uh, and and I'm going to tell you that if you go out to Etobicoke, you're in the $900 square foot range, and if you go up to Markham, you're in the $850. There's no relief anywhere uh, for pricing. I I, I can't believe it. I'm
2: in uh, Humbertown Plaza in in Southern Etobicoke, or Central Etobicoke, I'm not sure you'd call that. But uh, uh, Tradale was doing a project with First Capital there, um, Save Humbertown. There was actually a local campaign. for (laughs) The residents didn't want (laughs) First Capital coming in and doing a big development, so they did did a pretty powerful Save uh, Save Humbertown campaign. They lost. Uh, The the, the development continues. But um, it is a high-end development that's taking place from a condominium perspective. I think what they're doing is they want... uh, retirees to sell their 3 million dollar house and take 2 million and put it into a thousand square foot condo because the price point there is about sixteen hundred dollars a foot and and I think even higher and I couldn't believe it mm-hmm. I couldn't it, it's incredible one of our clients just bought a townhouse in Oakville and uh, the price point for the townhouse was seven hundred thousand uh, uh, dollars it's a young couple they're thirty they're expecting their first child and they had to bite the bullet fortunately they had enough downstroke that they could uh, get into the marketplace but they're still straddled with a I think a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage Brad. and that's where it's depressing. Um, as, as a father, you know our, our producer here, Brittany. Yeah, you know, Brittany said, well, you speak to this." But you, you mentioned to me just before the show started that you're feeling stress, uh, and and your and yeah. your your friends are feeling stress. Can you speak to that for a moment?
5: Um, I just think there's a lot of pressure. I'm 25 finished school a few years ago. I'm working a lot. I have three jobs. And a lot of, like my husband, he has two jobs. All my friends are working multiple jobs. And I just think it's becoming a bit overwhelming. And we're not seeing the results like we're not able to buy a home and things like that because it just seems out of our reach.
2: And and so this then speaks to, you know, um, we got a new new government coming into place. Uh, I think they're already toying with another tax. Are they not?
3: Uh, Well, it's not a new government, but uh, a newly formed government, I guess. So yeah, they're going to be looking at a few more taxes, I'm sure.
2: On on real estate? On real estate,
3: yeah. Foreign buyers, I think 1%. And
2: and so currently 100,000 buyers today can't buy a home due to the stress test, Brad. I'm I'm a simple guy. That's all my, my, my gray matter can handle is simplicity. And I, I, one thing I do understand, Brad, is supply and demand. And you're a man who creates supply. We need supply. It's simply the best cure for high prices is higher prices because eventually supply well, yeah, kicks in.
4: But it'll be a moderate relief. It's not it's not the panacea. See, the, I think the issue is that is that um uh you know Toronto is not a city. The core is, is no longer a city for young people to live in and buy. It's not. It's like it's 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 mirrored everywhere in cities like Toronto. Toronto has gone through a hundred year development in the last fifteen years. So what we have seen in a hundred years has happened in the last fifteen That's years. That's incredible so statement. We are uh, well I'm making it up but I, I feel, I, I feel it's, it's fairly accurate and I'll tell you why I see there's no place in the world that's seen as much development in the last 15 years and it's relentless there's more coming than has previously been here there's, there's many many office buildings coming many many more condo buildings many many more retail plazas or retail centers downtown so it's not a place where young people can afford to live and it won't be to buy, to rent they can, they can live here but they can't buy
2: Uh, We're in studio with Brad Lamb, my favorite real estate mogul. if anyone knows real estate, it's Brad. He's he's been in the business long enough. Uh, certainly, an education for Jack and I. Uh, I'm sure we can help you as well. Give you a few ideas as to how you can tackle uh, today's real estate market. And there's obviously uh, the rays of sunshine on this uh, gloomy uh, afternoon, I should say. But uh, it is high our radio, the show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager extraordinaire. Jack Hartle, of course, helps me make, helps me look smart every now and then. And it's a lot of fun taking care of you. Uh, stay tuned. More show right after this.
1: I Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
2: Good morning, house. That's for my buddy Brad Lamb. Yeah, I always request that song. That's how I get it in for you, buddy. Uh, We've got Tony Dwyer on the line with us as well. Got ourselves a little panel going on here. Uh, you know, can our kids afford houses, I guess, is going to be the theme of the song. Um, lots to cover off here because, you know, this, this, this is a show about building wealth. Uh, and uh, the easiest way, I think, to build wealth is to leverage the most important thing, Hopefully, the good Lord has given all of us bread, and that is self-will. Time. I'm going to say time, yep. Time. And that, that, you know, so, so um, Tony, you have young kids as well. You're a chief strategist. Uh, lots to cover off here. You're happy with the Fed announcement. Game on. Market's making new highs. Real estate market firming up here in Canada yet again. The home builders. I'm watching that with you, Tony. Uh, following, of course, the rate of interest rates. Uh, speak. Let's, let's start with this, Tony. The economic backdrop that you see here in North America—how does that bode for millennials, for household formation, and for affordability?
0: The whole driver of this, of everything financial, Wolfie, as you know, over the years, uh, is interest rates. Right? Like you can have the greatest economy in the world, but if—which is what happened, actually. In January of 2018, but if interest rates are going against you, it's not going to work out. So home building is going to suffer because even if you're making more money, if your interest expense is exceeding that amount of money, it, it it's hard to get it's hard to have growth.
2: Let, let me interrupt right there. So so Brad, you're a real estate developer. Now again, you're thinking long term with your projects, seven, eight, 10 years. Start to finish, fifteen, if, if perhaps. But we did have a little run up in interest rates this year, correct, gentlemen? We had the yield curve inversion, scary stuff, right? Uh, where
4: short term rates got above long term rates. Brad, did that affect you, the developer? Well, no, because so uh, what Tony's talking about is is assets, okay? So absolutely, interest rates are very very important when you own. Hard assets, and you have a, and you're, you know, you're leasing them, so your cash flow changes because your costs of owning them go up. In development, uh, cost of money is not in, it's not nothing. Okay, it, it, it's a, it's an important factor, but in a 200 million dollar project, it might, it might represent five million, right? So it's not a huge piece of our pie. However, where he is right is consumers, their, their purchase of things are definitely influenced by their sense of where the economy is and where money's at and when interest rates rise we see our sales slow down um, for sure uh, but you know what's happened in the last uh, um, you know let's go ten years in Canada interest rates have not really been been a negative factor much because uh, they they've been up and down in a in a you know in a very small range of maybe half a point to a point and so Today, where rates are at, you can you can still get a mortgage in in the in the high twos, and 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 you, you could have got it in the low twos. Like
2: yeah, it's funny because you say that because I was thinking about Jack over here and did you, Jack, you and I always talk about your mortgage, right? Um, and you're right. You, we've always spoken. I'm just thinking blindly here, but about two and a half, three percent for the last ten years. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's funny. I, I was, right. gonna I fl- happen-
3: I was the, for the first, I'm going to say eight years of my mortgage, I floated it, kept on going lower, lower, lower. And then just recently when I refinanced, I fixed it at, uh, I think it was 2.6%. Yeah, so,
2: so, Tony, now let's go, let's go to the central bank. Um, they, they lowered interest rates. They, they have our back. Powell made some statements basically saying he has our back. And Brad, this is important as well because there's an old adage on Wall Street, don't fight the Fed. And the Fed has given us a playbook. So, Tony, please speak to that. Have they shown us the playbook? What is the playbook? How long is the playtime?
0: Well, it, Wolfie and and Brad, you'll appreciate this too. It was extraordinary what he said at the press conference yesterday. If you actually read the the release and looked at the decision, it, it wasn't it wasn't really that much different than what expectations were. What was extraordinary is when he was asked about what would make them raise rates, he commented on inflation. And Wolfie, as you know from a July. Um, note that we had – or post we had put up on com, and and that you get. The Fed is changing, has seen a generational change in how they perceive inflation. And for for the average listener, what that means is during all of our careers – The Fed has been worried because of the increase in the amount of debt outstanding that what happens when rates go up if inflation goes up? If inflation goes up, the Fed's going to have to get super tight. There's so much debt in the economy that that would collapse the whole system. That's generally been the fear during my adult life. That has now transitioned over the last 12 months to, oh, my God, I don't want to be like Europe. I don't want to go into negative rates. So what he said in response to the question of what would make you raise rates was you would have to see a sustainable and meaningful move up in inflation above our target rate. Above, which yeah. is 2%, right? We're at 1.6%, Wolfie with 50-year low in unemployment and a good economy. If the economy gets worse, that's your, that's the best you got. They want 2% sustainably. So he basically said there's nothing that will make him raise rates absent a, a spike of inflation. That's nowhere in the numbers. And if the economy gets worse, they're going to react meaningfully worse. They're going to react. The guy just told you – that your assets are never going to cost you more on interest expense without a major uptick in inflation that doesn't exist. <laughs> if there's not a Fed put, I don't know what is. So the not only do they have your central banks, the only way that you can really get people to really spend money to create inflation is give them more money. And you can do that by inflating asset prices, whether it be housing, the stock market, or um, – or your income from a better economic backdrop. So yeah, is, I'm ranting now, so, but it's a really No, no, you're not ranting. It's, you a, it's
2: interesting, Tony, because I will say, I will uh, um um myth-bust you a little bit here because we have put some restrictions in Canada uh, whereby 100,000 uh, potential home buyers uh, were, were, were forced out of the market because of what's called a stress test uh, on their uh, income statement and balance sheet. Uh, look, you're listening to hi Fry Radio. It's a very dynamic show. Uh, we have a, a triad of guests, I shall say, uh, from New York to uh, Bay Street to, to Main Street with Brad Lamb, uh, a man who builds tall buildings uh it's great show it's about money it's about you and we're here for you please stay tuned more of it right after this
1: let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
2: Good morning. House. That's for my buddy Brad Lamb. Yeah, he always requests that song. That's how I get it in for you, buddy. Uh, We've got Tony Dwyer on the line with us as well. Got ourselves a little panel going on here. Uh, you know, can our kids afford houses, I guess, is going to be the theme of the song. Um, lots to cover off here because, you know, this, this, this is a show about building wealth. Uh, and uh, the easiest way, I think, to build wealth is to leverage the most important thing, Hopefully, the good Lord has given all of us bread, and that is? Self-will. Time. I'm going to say time, yep. Time. And, that, that, you know, so, so um, Tony, you have young kids as well. You're a chief strategist. Uh, lots to cover off here. You're happy with the Fed announcement. Game on. Market's making new highs. Real estate market firming up here in Canada yet again. The home builders. I'm watching that with you, Tony, uh, following, of course, the rate of interest rates. Uh, speak. Let's, let's start with this, Tony. The economic backdrop that you see here in North America—how does that bode for millennials, for household formation, and for affordability?
0: The whole driver, of this of everything financial, Wolfie, as you know, over the years uh, is interest rates, right? Like you can have the greatest economy in the world, but if—which is what happened, actually. In January of 2018. But if interest rates are going against you, it's not going to work out. So home building is going to suffer because even if you're making more money, if your interest expense is exceeding that amount of money, it, it, it's hard to get, it's hard to have growth. Let, let me
2: interrupt right there. So, so Brad, you're a real estate developer. Now again, you're thinking long-term with your projects, seven, eight, 10 years, Start to finish, fifteen, if, if perhaps, but we did have a little run up in interest rates this year. Correct, gentlemen? We had the yield curve inversion—scary stuff, right?
4: Uh, where short-term rates got above long-term rates. Brad, did that affect you, the developer? Well, no, because so what Tony's talking about is is assets. Okay, so absolutely, interest rates are very very important when you own hard assets and you have a and you're you know you're leasing them, so your cash flow changes because your costs of owning them go up. In development, uh, cost of money is not, inc- it's not nothing, okay? It, it, it's, a, it's an important factor, but in a $200 million project, it might, it might represent $5 million, right? So it's not a huge piece of our pie. However, where he is right is consumers, their, their purchase of things are, are definitely influenced by their sense of where the economy is and where money's at. And when interest rates rise, we see our sales slow down. Um, for sure, uh, but you know what's happened in the last uh, um, you know let's go ten years in Canada. Interest rates have not really been been a negative factor much because uh, they they've been up and down in a in a, you know in a very small range of maybe half a point to a point, and so today where rates are at, you can you can still get a mortgage in in the in the high twos. And and, and, and you, you could have got it in the low twos. Like
2: it's two funny because you say that because I was thinking about Jack over here. And Jack, you and I always talk about your mortgage. Right. Um, and you're right. You, we've always spoken. I'm just thinking blindly here but about about 2.5%, 3% for the last 10 years. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's funny, I, I, so I was, right. say say I fl-
3: I was the, for the first, I'm going to say, eight years of my mortgage, I floated it, kept on going lower, lower, lower. And then, just recently, when I refinanced, I fixed it at uh, I think it was two point six percent.
2: So, so Tony, now let's go. Let's go crazy. to the central bank. Um, they they lowered interest rates. They, they have our back. Powell made some statements, basically saying he has our back. And Brad, this is important as well because there's an old adage on Wall Street: don't fight the Fed. And the Fed has given us a playbook. So, Tony, please speak to that. Have they shown us the playbook? What is the playbook? How long is the play time?
0: Wait, Wolfie and and Brad, you'll appreciate this too. It was extraordinary what he said at the press conference yesterday. If you actually read the the release and looked at the decision, it, it wasn't it wasn't really that much different than what expectations were. What was extraordinary is when he was asked about what would make them raise rates. He commented on inflation, and Wolfie, as you know from a July um, note that we had or post we had put up on DwyerStrategy.com, and that and that you get, the Fed is changing, has seeing a generational change in how they perceive inflation, and for for the average listener, what that means is, during all of our careers. The Fed has been worried because of the increase in the amount of debt outstanding that what happens when rates go up if inflation goes up? If inflation goes up, the Fed's going to have to get super tight. There's so much debt in the economy that that would collapse the whole system. That's generally been the fear during my adult life that has now transitioned over the last 12 months to oh my god i don't want to be like europe i don't want to go into negative rates so what he said in response to the question of what would make you raise rates was you would have to see a sustainable and meaningful move up in inflation above our target rate above just two percent right we're at 1.6 percent wolfie with 50-year low in unemployment and a good economy. If the economy gets worse, that's your that's the best you got. They want 2% sustainably. So he basically said there's nothing that will make him raise rates absent a, a spike of inflation. That's nowhere in the numbers. And if the economy gets worse, they're going to react meaningfully worse. They're going to react. The guy just told you – that your assets are never going to cost you more on interest expense without a major uptick in inflation that doesn't exist. <laughs> if there's not a Fed put, I don't know what is. So the not only do they have your central banks, the only way that you can really get people to really spend money to create inflation is give them more money. And you can do that by inflating asset prices, whether it be housing, the stock market, or um, – or your income from a better economic backdrop. So yeah, I'm ranting now, it? so, but it's a really No, no, you're not ranting. It's, it's
2: interesting, Tony, because I will say, I will um, um myth bust you a little bit here because we have put some restrictions in Canada uh, whereby 100,000 uh, potential home buyers uh, were, were, were forced out of the market because of what's called a stress test uh, on their uh, income statement and balance sheet. Uh, look, you're listening to hi Fry Radio. It's a very dynamic show. Uh, we have a, a triad of guests, I shall say, uh, from New York to uh, Bay Street to, to Main Street with Brad Lamb, uh, a man who builds tall buildings uh it's great show it's about money it's about you and we're here for you please stay tuned more of it right after this
1: listen we're gonna take a break but when we come back more money talk you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
2: Start spreading the news. It's all positive. I'm today. It's all good. I could see you uh, getting up on stage, Brad. Doing a little Frank Sinatra, a little tuxedo on. I
0: could see it. <laughs> I eh? cannot see.
2: <laughs> well, you know something? What you do, you do extremely well, and you have huge guts uh, taking on such big, big capital-intensive projects of building a condominium and dealing with politicians and red tapes uh, and ultimately retail consumers. Not my faucet leaks. You get that every now and then. <laughs> 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 um, great show. We got Tony Dwyer in New York City. Uh, he's our chief strategist, uh, frequently on CNBC. Um, and he's really done an amazing job, and I can't thank Tony enough uh, for keeping Jack and I frequently you know, on plan, uh, it, it's a it's a noisy marketplace. Um, it, it can you can get derailed quite easily. Um, and the liquidity that we have available to us is probably a bad thing. See, Brad, once you're in, you're in. You can't cut really tough cutting a loss on, on a development project is pretty tricky. If I buy a stock and starts to roll, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, Buy
4: back! No, you can't
2: get, get out. Website. No, you yeah. can't get out. So, well, liquidity, you know, double-edged sword, right? Uh, Ying and yang to everything in this universe, uh, if it, if it's true, I shall say. Uh, Tony, let, let's uh, stay on track because you're, you're only giving us a New York Minute, you busy guy, and I appreciate your time sincerely. Um, Based on the Fed lowering interest rates, has this changed your outlook uh, on the stock market and on the economy? Look, the U.S. economy is now, what, in its, in its 11th year uh, of an expansionary uh, environment. Uh, the equity market year-to-date is up, what, some 20% in the United States, 14 here in Canada. How much better can it get? Should we
0: sell? Get out. Give the money to Brad. Okay, so, so, Wolfie. The S&P 500, which is a major stock market index in the U.S., is up 21% as of this very moment. It was up 21.5% until this morning's weakness. So what we did is we looked back at years since 1950 when you've had the stock market, the S&P 500, up 20% or more through the first 10 months of the year. And what we found is that. When that's happened in the past, you've never had a negative period of November and December. So whatever the closing price is today, if it's up 20% year-to-date, then that means you're going to have – history shows that you're going to have a positive November and December period. Now, you can suffer minor pullbacks. Um, but not nothing major really happens, and then even more importantly, the next year uh, after a year like that, six of the seven occurrences showed a double-digit, um, showed an, a median gain of 19 percent, with five of the seven being double-digit. So the point is, when it's this strong. It gets stronger into year end. You can have a little bit of a chop or minor pullback, which I think we're doing right now. I, I fully expect that it's going to get a little bit scary with China trade war, the Trump impeachment proceedings, and all the stuff we're seeing today. And the bottom line is, the year end should be good, and next year should be almost as good.
2: Yeah. So really your your forecast for next year is what about ten percent higher than where we are today, Tony?
0: Correct. It's a it's a. is my target for the S and P 500. It hasn't changed since last May. So to answer your earlier question directly, we haven't changed because the fed's been cutting rates, because that was our call. So, you know, it, the, the entire year of 2019, the bullish story that we had for our target this year um, for double-digit gains was based on a weak economy, equaling lower interest rates and easier Fed. Next year is predicated on a global stabilization in economic activity, a neutral Fed, and better data.
2: More Global that. stabilization. That would be – because you're certainly seeing pockets of – and i go beyond pockets. You're seeing big areas of uh, uh, contraction to the point taking interest rates into that negative Yield category. Uh, have you ever thought about bread
4: negative yield and how that would affect
2: your business? Tony says he's going to come up and gobble up all the real estate.
4: Um. Well, I, I mean, real estate likes uh, low interest rates, so I, I think it would be a positive thing to have interest rates continue to go down. I mean, if you're saving, if you're a saver, it's obviously bad because you put your money in the bank, and every month it's 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 less. So, I think it's it's not great for older folks who are saving money, but the standpoint of my business, low interest rates make our business stronger. Period. Period. Yeah. And
2: again, Tony, how do you speak to like, the importance of interest rates versus P.E. ratios versus sales? Is that the granddaddy of granddaddy indicators for, from a macro point of view?
0: It's the, only, it's the only really important one that drives everything else.
2: Incredible. I mean,
0: when when money is more available and it's cheaper, like think about what's happening now is you have full employment, high confidence, a millennial demographic that's a, that is turning – its peak birth year is turning 30, and banks are still giving you money. And guess what? Rates just got cut in half from three and a quarter on the 10-year – to, you know, it's currently 170. Uh, It had been 150. So you've had a dramatic drop in interest rates while money's still available and incomes are high.
2: Period. Uh, Tony Dwyer, Live from New York City, uh, helping us with the grand scheme of things, dovetailing to Brad Lamb's real estate chatter around interest rates. It's a real pleasure, Tony. See you on CNBC, you handsome man, and you have yourself a great weekend. Uh, You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. Uh, We're fortunate enough to have Brad Lamb in studio for the full show. Um, Yeah, we locked the door. I said you can't leave until we are done with you, uh, you mogul of a uh, real estate guy. Uh, Please stay tuned. More show right after this.
1: Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? money Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640
2: Toronto. Welcome back to the show about money. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host. uh, Jack Hartle, co-host of the show. Brittany Sprung is, of course, our technical director, uh, helping us sound as best as we can. Uh, Housing affordability improves in 2019 amid a healthy labor market. Um, Brett, affordability, you know, yes, millennials can make the monthly payments, uh, but the absolute size of debt that they have to incur today to own a home in the 905, perhaps in the 519 area code. I don't know what's beyond that, 705? <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, but, but What do you think? Like, the whole mindset of being strapped with a half a million dollar mortgage as a first time home buyer. Uh, what, what do you think of that?
4: I think it's all relative. I, I think that uh, um I think the single most important thing that a person should do is buy a home. And I think they should be thinking about it in high school. I was. And so the sooner you think about it, the sooner you you formulate a plan, the sooner you start saving, the sooner you start making sacrifices to get there. And the sacrifices could be 20 years. If you start, you know, if you start in a... My my nephew started in a high school job at at, uh, McDonald's, started working at sixteen. By the time he was 20, he had $40,000 saved because he worked nonstop. He bought a house. My dad gave him 40, or my brother gave him $40,000. He put his $40,000 together. He bought a house in Guelph where he went to school, went to university. His house is now worth $600,000 and he bought it for 250. He's set for life. He got some help from his dad, but he could have done it with 40,000. It was just gonna be a bit harder um, to do, but you know, there's, there's no reason why someone should be able to buy a home in any country at 25 or even 30. I think that if you save for 20 years of your life and at 35 you get into a home and you have a $500,000 mortgage with $150,000 equity, that's admirable. And then spend the next you know 10 years paying down your mortgage and then doing a move up to another house and then do another move up. You live, big, we're living to, to 90 years old these days. You've got to make a plan. It's not ending at 65. Retiring at 65 is a silly dream. How about 55? Brad, you know, it's funny because what you're speaking... About, By the way, I'm not going to retire at 65 never, or 75 you, or 85.
2: You know, you're, 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 you have you have uh, icky guy, my good friend. Uh, you have purpose, and uh, so you you go to, you go to bed with a dream, and you wake up with purpose. You you do. I know that. But it, it's interesting. I, I love your speak because first of all, when I was in high school, uh, I th- I thought about the stock market because uh, I didn't understand. I had no clue about the stock market. I just knew it existed, and I knew you, you could make money in the stock market. Uh, and I also thought about real estate. And this is in 1984. Um, I didn't have any money. And I went to university. I still had no money going to university, but as soon as I left the university, I began saving immediately. Uh RSP contributions and then setting up money for a downstroke on a home, uh, and I did buy my first home. Guess what year? Nineteen ninety. It went straight down. I sold in ninety six. I lost fifty thousand dollars on my first home purchase. Uh, so please, if it, if it, if I come along and want to sell your home, don't buy mine. Uh, <laughs> why, why did but, you sell? Why did you sell? I, actually, I moved up market, uh, so okay. I, I sold in, in a weak neighborhood at a depressed price, and I bought in a great neighborhood okay. at a depressed price. So it's like I sold a penny stock and I bought blue chip. Big time. Uh, so I made a good trade, but it was painful. But the, again, I go back now to my friend Brittany over here, our, our producer, because we have to help Brittany as much as we can. Our, our simple mantra, and I'm running commercials on this radio station about this mantra, is number one, you have to get out of bed and go to work, each and every one of us, as soon as possible. Brittany, Brittany has three jobs. Kudos, respect to Brittany. Um, number two, got to manage your spending, Brad. So as you were indicating, Alfred, you had friends going to Jamaica and, and renting cars and doing all this wonderful, whereas you were reducing your spending you were living beneath your means maybe a few friends of you spoke the odd joke that you're still living with your parents but you said so what uh, my parents love me i love them and it's all good and i'm squirreling away dough so live beneath your means number three you got to begin uh, investing your money uh you gotta look, live beneath your means save and then invest and, and i don't care what you invest in precious metals art real estate equities if you do so consistently for 20 30 years brad you know and i know it you're going to be super, super successful. But the key you said, and I've been repeating it, is time. And this goes now back to our friend Brittany. She's 25 years old. Uh, Brad's advice to her offer was having a long-term plan. We will live to our 80s, perhaps 90s, and, yeah, the notion of retirement is going to be completely rethought. But I'm also wondering, Brad, just thinking outside the box here and being a bit of a European lover, um, is Italy. Multi-generations living in single homes in Italy. Do you think that concept would ever make its way here to North America? Because I am thinking, in fact, that there are some new immigrants, uh, as opposed to old immigrants, I guess, eh? <laughs> new arrivees into Canada, who will have a couple of generations in one home, build up equity, perhaps then sell and buy two homes.
4: No, it's happening already. I mean, in Italy, they don't, they don't build up equity and then sell. They just, when they die, they pass it on to their children. Uh, that's happening for sure. It's, it's happened here in Canada for 50 years with Italian families and Greek families and Portuguese families, and Chinese families, and all the other types of families that have come here. The white people, we just leave. You have to, you I'm have a- to. Well, so my father, my, my father, when I was 30, my father threw me out and said, "Get the f out of here!" <laughs> I, like enough, you're a grown man, get out. <laughs>
5: but what about the people that have to move out at 19?
4: Well, like I'm paying so, so, 1700
5: in rent. Yep. hard to say. Yeah
4: so so not everyone's gonna have the same opportunity I had to stay at, at, at home rent free and eat my mother's food. You, listen, uh, so I owned my first home when I was 23. Uh, I rented it out. That, that's not going to happen to you. And, and so you may not end up uh, you know where I am today, uh, you might still, mm-hmm. but, um, you, but you still can end up somewhere great, right? So, so w- what I would suggest is you're, you're doing the right thing by working three jobs. And obviously, you have to be able to enjoy your life. Life's no fun if you're just saving and not enjoying it. So, you need to budget. Do you budget very carefully? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I so.
5: I do make sure to save. I have a pension and things like that. It's okay. just like there's not a lot left after.
4: I know and that's the way it is when you're young it's it, that's the way it was for me too when I was in my twenties, although I was able to save more perhaps um, but I didn't have a lot i didn't I didn't spend money on a lot of fun stuff i I, I bought a two thousand dollar car my friend bought a ten thousand dollar car you know I would say do what you're doing, save your money, and don't panic look look to maybe when you're in your early thirties to buy a place that's okay That's
2: true. Yeah, you know, time and money, it, it, it's fascinating stuff. And, you know, the, the irony is when you start to really look closely at the math, and I, I took the, a, a compounding table that I have published on my website, WolfgangKlein.com, and you can see that compounding table. The inflection point where magic begins is after about 25 years where the rate of change of your equity exponentially grows. That's where patience is in order. But you know something, Jack and I aren't going anywhere? Brad's not going anywhere, and Brittany, we're here to help you get to where you want to go. It's Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. It's a show for your family. Stay tuned. More of it right after this.
1: Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
2: Good morning there you go of course you have to let the guitar do his thing right little jimmy page uh it's hi Fi radio it is a show about money it's a show about life and life is full of good times and bad times uh i'm sleeping on the street for covenant house um most youth if they're gonna end up on the street they do so by about the age of 15 16 how can they ever buy a house um Once they end up homeless, we got to help them. we got to pick them up and give them a warm place and get them back to school and get them into society. Um, But, Brittany, tell me something. Let's just speak about this a little bit here because Brad stayed uh, with his parents till he was 30 as he squirreled away money. Of course, Brad wanted to leave his parents' place, but he wanted to squirrel some money away as well. Uh, I did the same thing, Brad. I stayed with my parents, I think, until I was 25 or 26, and I had a rental house, too, at 23. Uh, But things were different. I could buy a house for $200,000 at a 12%. Interest rate. And that, you know, it's amazing with, with that math alone. Just stay with me for a second, Britt. Um, At 12% interest rate, again, I remember learning this in finance school. And the, I, it was written in the newspaper over and over again how the uh, amount of money you pay towards interest will exceed your principal. You don't hear that anymore with 3% interest rates. That's not the case. Now the case is you're not going to be paying more necessarily to interest. You're just saddled with this big
4: amount of debt, but you monster pay off your principal. It, it, like if you have a five a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, you're going to pay about fifteen to eighteen thousand year one. In interest? No, in principle. Oh, in principle today? Yes. That's good, monster payments, so you lived there three years, you got fifty thousand dollars in your jeans that's a good thing, yeah, as yeah. opposed to back
2: in the day when you had a two hundred thousand yeah. dollar mortgage, at twelve percent uh, I was paying twenty I was paying twenty four thousand in, dollars in interest, yeah. and probably a tenth of that in principle, I yeah. believe I recall the tables, yeah. but now, Brittany, again, and speaking, you know not everyone is as fortunate as you know Jack myself and who is able to stay home with his parents. Do you know a lot of people, a lot of friends of yours who end up leaving home? say, before 25, 30, not able to set up a downstroke. Can you speak to that?
5: Yeah, I think a lot of people... I don't know. I would say 75% of the people can stay at home, and then a bunch of people decide not to live at home, but a lot of people don't have the choice to live at home. I know I moved out at 19, so I've been paying rent for the last four years. Um, It was just something... I actually stayed the longest out of all of my siblings at 19 years old, and, yeah, it's just... I don't think everyone is, but a lot of people just don't have the option to stay at home all the time. So it makes it a lot more challenging. I know when I first moved out, me and my boyfriend at the time were paying eleven hundred for a bachelor in Toronto and I'm from Oshawa. And then now we ended up having to move because a year ago because our landlord sold and I'm paying almost seventeen hundred, I'm paying sixteen eighty. So that five hundred bucks wasn't something that we had and we were desperate we applied everywhere 50 different places and i have a full-time job two part-time jobs so it wasn't about my credit or anything like that it was just there was nothing available
2: so so brendan let's speak to you know again give the audience a, a nugget of wisdom a millennial turning 30 32 33 pick your date to 35 let's say uh they're finally ready to get into the real estate market uh, come hell or hide water uh buying a brick and mortar detached house in toronto out of the question correct For the
1: uh, most
4: part. it's not out of the question um as a first purchase a 1.4 million dollar well, detached well, so, home so you so you need to be able to so i i um we just work with a young tenant uh i only know this because uh, my fiance works as an agent in my office and uh and she worked with this this young guy. He worked for uh, Uber. He was making two hundred fifty thousand. He's twenty five years old. He's making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and he had two million dollars in stock options or stock vested with Uber. He could buy a house today. Depends on your job. Depends on your situation, right? We're talking. A lot of people can't. You know, there's one thing: staying at home till you're thirty, and there's one thing: staying at home and spending all your money. The key is, if you're going to stay at home till thirty, you're still sacrificing. And with Brittany, you know. It's admirable what you're doing, for sure. Uh, I think it's 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 very good because you're learning a lot of great lessons, um, which maybe you don't want to learn, but you are. But I think that um, you know you can get there. You just you just have to uh, save money, and I'm going to tell you, as Jack said, or sorry, as Wolf said earlier, you will find it will accumulate. Ten years from now, you'll be feeling a lot better about buying a home than you are today. You don't have to rush it. Just enjoy your life the way you should, but but be frugal and careful. Save your money. Invest it. And in ten years, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you would sixty or $70,000, you'll be 5% down for your first place, and you jump in.
3: I, I think the point that Brad made earlier, too, I think the, the point that you really made was that uh, – it's a good idea to move up the real estate market. So just get in the door, whether it's buying yes. a, you know, if you buy a single uh, bedroom apartment yes. or a condo down the road, you at least have some equity so that you have your down payment for that detached home that you're looking to potentially get in the 416 or even the 905. If your
4: incomes rise, Brittany's income's going to rise, but when she's 35 she's going to make a lot more money than she is today. For sure. But
2: so. you, know, you know, it's interesting you say that, Jeff. <laughs> well, you will, you're a smart girl. But no, it's very interesting because it all gets back to the basics of basics. You have to start now. I don't care if you're 35 or 15, but Brad's advice is start as early as possible. That's my advice too. Brad, five dollars a day saved by a 15 year old, five dollars a day by a 15 year old, age 55 is seven hundred thousand dollars at nine percent. The equity markets in the United States have, have compounded over the last hundred years at about eleven. The TSX at about nine. So yeah, seven hundred grand by five. That's only thirty five dollars a week. But the key is time. You got to lay out some decades. That's that's four of and them. And
3: getting started, Wolf. But
2: again, Brad, speaking about living to 90, life expectancy continues to get stretched. So you got to start now. And again, my first real estate purchase, prices fell. I immediately bought a house and it went down further. As rates went up. The economy went to a terrible recession, especially here in Toronto in the early 90s. But I was in the market. Someone said, Wolf, well, it doesn't matter. You're in the market. I said, I'm down money. It does, you're in the market. And they were right because I was able to move up on a week tape and um, high grade, my portfolio. I go back to the same to saving for your kids' education, saving for your own retirement. You have to start now. And if, if the day you start prices go down, forget about it and keep buying because over decades, you won't even notice the squiggle in the, in the equity curve. It won't
4: matter. And, and, And as a parent, talk to your kids about time value of money when they're 12. Yes. Not when they're
2: 20. Brad, you've been listening to our show. I can tell you haven't. You're, you're, you're taking your, my, my content here. But any any long weekend, any opportunity at the dinner table, break some bread. Eat some delicious food. Don't Uber eat it. And no, skip the dishes. Do the dishes. Do the cooking, my good friends. And talk about money. How you're saving a little bit of money here and about time value of money that Brad just sent you. It's so important. Uh, Friends, stay at home. But by the way, uh, don't grow marijuana in your home because you reduce your resale value according to our homeowners. Still not cool with cannabis. Don't grow those four plants in your home. Keep that stuff outside if you want to keep your value. Take care of that asset. What drives me nuts as well, Brad, when I see a beautiful house and people don't take care of these assets, it's mind-boggling. It's ass nine, I shall say. On that note... I want to wish you a great weekend. Thank you for tuning into Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, I'll see Wolfgang Klein and my right-hand man, Jack Cardle. Brad Lamb, always a pleasure uh, and an inspiration uh, to all of us to have you in studio. Uh, Brittany is beaming with uh, appreciation for all of your wonderful advice. You, my good friends, have a great weekend.